Hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much, as always, for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films. Whether you're a first-time listener or long-time listener, all the same, it really is super, super appreciated. I'm joined in this episode by my good friend, Mr. Ben Money, as we're going to tackle and dissect, spoiler-free and with spoilers, don't worry, we'll give you a heads up, of the latest release in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. First things first, mate, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad at all, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. It's it's um it's been a long time coming. So yeah, let's do this. Ant-Man Quantumania. Yeah, it has been a long time coming. Um we've been back and forth about what to do, what to talk yeah. about, because you're kind of the expert when it comes to like comics, especially for like Marvel, this and that. So this is kind of a good first one to uh to really get you on to kind of go over and say the 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 latest release, I say for for Ant-Man and, and for Marvel, which I think that the general consensus online is that it's a mixed bag, and I think that we've both come out feeling pretty much the same. Yeah, I can I can understand why the critics are saying what they're saying. I said to you before we got out that I I just really enjoyed Ant Man when he was just starting out, or just when the scale of the the scope of the film, I should say, was so much smaller. Yeah. And then in in Quantumania, granted, yes, we are now in the quantum realm. Of course, it's going to be big and extravagant and and whatever, but. I don't know, like, I just had a hard time. I think it boils down to the fact it's Ant-Man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's almost like they've tried to expand the scope outside of what we know and love Ant-Man to be. Yeah. It's one of them. We'll talk more about this say We're going to go over spoiler-free territory first, and then we'll dive into some of the some of the more plot points with spoiler thoughts, but as I said, don't worry, we'll give you a heads up when that comes to it. Uh, before we do dive into it, of course, the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as to rss.com. All that jazz, you know where to find the podcast. Just search it and you'll find it. Give us a like and a follow. That too would be absolutely amazing. If you can do so as well on the socials, search into Facebook, Joe Blogs About Films, and the same into Instagram for the pages there. Finally, hit notification on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast streaming from, and that too would be absolutely grand. And leave us a review, because yes, would love that. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. After Scott Lang's daughter Cassie sends a signal to the quantum realm, they are transported to a world of infinite probabilities and absurd aliens. There, Ant-Man encounters a grieved timeline meddler Kang, while Janet Van Dyne faces up to her own secret past. Now, I guess that's a good place to start, really. I mean, of course it's Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp or whatever. I mean, to be honest with you, it should have just been called Ant-Man Quantumania. Like, the Wasp did get sidelined. Yeah, I think that's um, because of the last one. I think they probably couldn't make another Ant-Man without having the, her yeah. name in the, in the title. We could start by talking about the, the quantum realm itself because the last thing that we knew was that it was essentially nothing. Yeah. They were saying it was like absolutely nothing. Here we are in this film, which I I did really enjoy the quantum realm. If we're just going to talk about the setting of, of the film itself, like I did enjoy the aesthetics of it. I enjoyed the, for most part, the CGI looked pretty yeah. good. I, I was worried from the trailer that it looked a bit too green screen um, and a bit too much like the, the Mandalorian technology, which I guess the... Maybe we should give them a bit of a faux pas because they're still learning with that tech. Yeah, but do you know what? I actually quite enjoy the Mandalorian, um, the way that they do it, and the, how much of that is CG and make believe. It, it it works for me anyway. It works really well, and yeah, I think I was quite worried about the 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 special effects and is it the typical everything that's good in a film is in the trailer nearly looked like that didn't it at one point because i was i thought that they did reveal too much um but like like most trailers do which is why i I tend to only watch one of the new trailers that come out but even from maybe that's maybe that's why i was so concerned about like the jarring cgi and stuff because i thought that obviously it wasn't finished or whatever it wasn't a finished product but i was i was really concerned about 
the quantum realm and all of that. But I have to say that they did, for, like I said, for at least what seventy percent of it, I felt like they got it dead yeah, on. It looked wonderful. My, my, I think my fears were averted quite early on, and I was kind of drawn into the world, and it, it was pretty. It did look good, definitely. No, it really did it because they were saying. I've seen people say that it's like Star Wars meets Marvel, and I do get that. Like I was saying afterwards, it was very much uh, a friend obviously came to watch it as well with us, and it reminded him quite a lot of Episode One, The Phantom Menace. You know, yes. being on Tatooine and stuff. Yes. I get that completely, and there was some really wonderful imagery, like. Obviously, the, we see from the trailer they get sucked into the quantum realm. Uh, that whole sequence of yeah, them flying through really was remarkable. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, quite different from the last time Ant-Man was in that kind of realm, yeah. um, visually especially. But yeah, I think it worked. It definitely did. And, and obviously, before all of that, you've got this great foundation that's been set up between... Cassie and uh, Cassie and obviously Scott and and the kind of frictions that they're kind of going through as a, a father daughter relationship, you know, because it's it's one of them where like you can see what she's doing. She just wants to be like a dad. She yeah. wants to fight for the little guy. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, there's that the whole time that they lost, and it's almost like he maybe he doesn't really know her as much as he would like to know her. My only, <laughs> it's, I don't want to sound like I'm nitpicking or anything, but I really didn't get on with the actress that was playing Cassie. I felt that she had some good moments, but m- all in all. Every time she shouted, Dad, it just did my head in. Like, it reminded me of, like, do you remember when, uh, obviously, uh, Finn in John Boyega in, in yeah. Rise of Skywalker was just yeah. shouting, Ray, Ray. <laughs> that was literally Catherine Newton's Cassie Lang yeah. throughout this entire film, and it did my head in. Um, but it, it was nice to have that to start with, to see, like I say, this almost broke, not broke relationship, but they just he doesn't understand his daughter yeah. and what she's doing and, and, and get that she wants him to also do essentially what he's always done, except now Scott's in a completely different position right now. He's living the life of of an absolute celeb, really, isn't it? He's now the rock star. He's now the famous one. He's now the one that everyone knows and people are walking down the street. It's like, oh my God, it's him. And it's like, he's never been in that situation before. And it's almost like, if it was a rock star and you go from being not famous to massive all of a sudden it must go to your head yeah i do i do again this comes back to what we said about before about how it's so funny and and in a way kind of i miss the smaller scale of what ant-man was and what he represented to start with but it is kind of nice to see on the flip side and see that i mean in terms of a character arc it makes sense at the end of the day he was the one that helped stop thanos for someone that a bit of a gimmick of a character, let's be honest. Like when Ant-Man was announced all the way back in, what was it, 2015? Not even 2015, wait, 12, whatever. We were all a bit like, really, Ant-Man? Yeah. But now it's it's kind of cool to see the other side and to see him have a bit of a sta- status within within the MCU. Yeah. Uh, and this one is like the grand the grand finale to a trilogy, if it is going to end as a trilogy, but he obviously won't do. But, you know, he gets to meet a big bad, obviously, in Jonathan Major's Kang the Conqueror. We'd already obviously been introduced to Kang in Loki, um, a different version, different variant, which I love Jonathan Majors as that particular variant. I loved him a lot. I get, well, obviously we get more screen time with him and a different side of him, but he crushed it, I felt like. Yeah. He was so good. I think he was very good. He was very convincing. And it's almost like you believed him. Um, and he, he had that almost like charismatic bad guy kind of thing going on. It's almost like it was kind of rooting for him. but uh, And then you have to remember, oh, actually, he's a bad guy. And again, that, that comes down to how we're first introduced to him, which we'll talk a little bit more about, obviously, with, with spoilers. Because I guess, I mean, we can kind of gloss over Janet's storyline, Michelle Pfeiffer. She has a lot to do with Kang's story in yeah. this. She definitely gets a lot more screen time. And it's almost like you get to kind of find out 
what she, what she got up to, obviously, in the years that she was away from the, the real world, I guess. And it was quite good, the, the way that they revealed it. I think that it wasn't too quick. It was kind of worked well with the pacing of the film. One of my issues that I had with the film was, uh, in terms of Kang's reintroduction, should we say, is that I really was hoping that, because we'd seen clips and stuff online of you know, him interacting with that man, that whole sequence saying, you're an Avenger, I've killed you before, which yeah. is, again, very menacing. As you say, the the charisma that, that Kang has, like, I I love a lot of what he did with his face as well, Kang. Like, there was a lot of... He didn't have to say anything. It was just these subtle just movements, just, like, cool, the yeah. look. If, if, he's, if he was furious, if he was angry, you knew that he was. Definitely. But I was kind of hoping that that would have been the first introduction we were going to get because at the end of the day, this is Ant-Man's story... It's Ant-Man versus Kang, essentially. I was hoping that that would be the first time I met him, but it ultimately didn't plan that way in the story point. Mm-hmm. We, we learned a bit more about what, what went off and how Janet is kind of linked to him. Yeah. And that's, uh, well, again, we'll talk more about it, but how she has ties with Kang. Yeah. I just felt like it kind of didn't undermine his introduction a little bit, but I guess they were kind of going for that, oh, look, this guy's actually a good guy. Like, it's not, maybe this isn't the conqueror that we're going to learn about. And, oh, actually, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. I think, um, yeah, it was definitely a good performance. Um, and I'm quite glad that they picked him for the role because I feel that he could, he, well, he clearly did a lot with it and kind of made it his own, like, definitely made it his own. Like, I would say Kang stands out from any other villain. He's, he's a bad guy, but maybe his motives or, more I don't know intense he just kind of the, the pole performance was really intense I think yeah exactly that and like with, with, just like with any villain so they always I think that once you can get in the mindset of a villain to see why it is they're doing the things that they are obviously Kang has this <laughs> immense uh, power to be able to just mess around with time and destroy different timelines that he doesn't want or like that, that have overthrown him or this and that anything to stop what he sees as, I don't know, like obviously yeah. a, a bad thing yeah. um, with someone has that much power, I guess that, it, like I say, it's, it's going to warp them a little bit. It's going to make them not see that they're the bad guy, which I do see that Kang has that. But the other flip side of it is that there's so many different variants of him that eventually will come into the fold. Um, where, where, where is it going to end? This is, this is going to be like a, such a, essentially like quite a bigger threat than Thanos and taking nothing away from that. I, I just can see that really getting, to a, a, a quite a boiling point yeah because it's it's almost like infinite possibilities like think of how many different ways he can play a similar version of the same mm. guy um similar motivations but obviously slightly different and yeah i think i think it was definitely a good choice but i'm actually excited to see to see what happens next yeah, they've left it on a good point for us to get excited for what's to come, obviously, in the terms of the actual multiverse. And one of my nitpicks and stuff with Marvel itself is that, especially with the whole multiverse saga, is that they've been drip-feeding and kind of teasing us with it and then not really opening up the Pandora's box with the multiverse, kind of just dipping his toes in it. And I do feel that we are now in a bit more of a trajectory to be welcomed, should I say, into the into the multiverse of madness, what, what Doctor Strange probably should have been. But yeah. I feel like that they've just they've been waiting for the right moment to introduce Kang. I do feel in a way like, and this is no disrespect or anything to anyone that created the Ant-Man film or, or even been, you know, Kevin Feige for making the decision to have Kang involved in this. But part of me feels like this was the wrong film to introduce it's Kang. Almost, almost like Kang is too big for Ant-Man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and do you know what? That was one of my worries or concerns watching the trailer, thinking, why is Ant-Man going against yeah. him? Like, of all people, like, put Thor against him or, yeah. you know, there's well, a load of them that could, that could give it a go, yeah. but not Ant-Man. Well, this is, this was my thing. Like, I mean, 
you do sit and you ponder about who else could have they introduced him into. But maybe, I guess the other, the thing that maybe I'm trying to flip it from the other side and, and the other coin of it is that they clearly don't want to do what they did with Thanos. They don't want to repeat that in the sense of, because I mean, I was expecting so much more in the build-up of Thanos arriving in Infinity War, but it was kind of a couple of post-credit scenes, a cameo in Guardians, yeah. boof, he's here. Whereas I think with Kang, they're going, right, you know what, let's do it differently yeah. and let's bring him in. And he now, essentially, after being in that man, what other film could he just pop up in? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, could he pop up in, in, in Guardians? Like, yeah, who knows? Um, I've got, High hopes for um for for Loki season two, yeah, um, and hopefully we'll see a, a few different various versions of the character in that as well, um. But yeah, I think we'll just have to wait and see. Definitely, yeah. And again, like I said, credit to Jonathan Majors because he absolutely I, he was a, he stole the show really for me. This was like the Kang the, the Kang film, you know. What I mean, like it was should have been like Kang Quantumania. Like it was he was awesome. He was so bloody good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I would definitely say that Hope Van Dyne. And Kang the Conqueror kind of steal the film. They're, yeah. they're, they're the two, and then everyone else is kind of supporting characters. Oh, sorry, Janet. I mean, yes. Janet. It is primarily that story, like learning more about what Janet went through when she was in the quantum realm. Michael Douglas obviously is in there for supporting role, and it is literally a supporting role. He gets a couple of chuckles in there. In particular, I enjoyed the chemistry and back and forth he had with Bill Murray. That was great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That did make me laugh. The whole once they both realised who each other were, yeah. it was almost like, oh, okay. It was, uh, it was, it was really very investing in the entertaining chemistry between the two. And Paul Rudd's just Paul Rudd, the guy that never ages. And I do really love him as that man. And um, I, again, I, I, I am glad that he's had this big film, this big moment, should we say, for Ant Man. You know, it is like his own Avengers film and stuff. But part of me just feels that. Just, just, just bring it back in. Just yeah, rein it in. Rein it back in a bit. Do you know what I will say though? I, I wanted more Bill Murray. Yeah, I wanted more Bill Murray. I thought I did think he was going to get more, maybe more of a, a, a bigger role. Yeah. Uh, but I feel again there was so much jam packed in this because on top of all of that, we've not even spoke about Modoc, which I guess again we can't really dive into too much spoilers with that until the spoiler section. But how can you make a character like that from the t- from the comics not look goofy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing. You can't have a character like Modoc without it looking ridiculous. Like, yeah. you can't. And I suppose maybe that's the whole point. Um, I think Modoc was a missed opportunity and it wasn't needed. No, definitely wasn't needed. And again, at times, he was just there to play out a few laughs, wasn't he? Let's be honest. Yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was very much just to laugh at him for yeah. for a couple of lines, a couple of like seconds, and then move on to the next bit. And I, I do think that we, there's that classic trope again of Marvel who they constantly do that whole throw a joke in there when it's not needed. And Ant Man, I don't think it suffers for the likes of what Thor: Love and Thunder was or anything like that. There were a few times when I was like, "Can we just give it a minute?" Or yeah. like, I think it just works better with Paul Rudd because yeah. he's better at. Yeah. delivering comedy like he's he's got that kind of one-liner in it and yeah. like when you watch his interviews and stuff like that he's 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 that kind of guy yeah. so it kind of works better when thor you've seen thor be the the big strong powerful asgardian and now he's being a little bit too funny yeah well a lot too funny really <laughs> way too funny <laughs> but overall i said i i i didn't i didn't hate the film didn't lo- love it either i thought i thought i'm kind of in the in the middle with this one like I think that the performance from Jonathan Majors upped it up a little bit more. I, I just, like I said, I had a bit of a hard time 
dealing with this huge scale of the film for Ant-Man and, and like these smart ants that are involved in it as well were just, again, I, 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 just plot convenience. Do you know what you just said about how the fact that you didn't hate it, but then you didn't love it? I think that's kind of where we are with Marvel films yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it wasn't terrible, but then it wasn't great. Like, I'm not going to be rushing to work on Monday being like, oh my God, you guys got us going to see Ant-Man. Yeah. But I'm not going to be like, it's, don't yeah, don't bother. Like, yeah. it's a weird one. I think that like I said, that is that is where we're. I mean, loads of people have said this is what a great way to kick off Phase Five, and and I agree. Like, this is the thing I agree to to an extent with that because yeah. when you look at back at Phase Four and you look at the mess that it was, I mean, then Marvel aren't going to say that. Kevin Feige is not going to say that. He's going to be sat there going, "Everything's there for a reason," but I I, I don't believe him <laughs> at all. But like this was a much better film than you you know your Eternals or, yes. or, or or as I've already mentioned, Thor: Love and Thunder and such. So. When you compare it to the likes of those, this is stellar heights yeah. above. Definitely, definitely has won me back over <laughs> on side or got me back on side compared to the last few. I'd even say the last three Marvel films mm. I've seen. I think Shang Chi was actually okay. Yeah, uh, um, it's probably better than a lot of people give it credit for. Yeah, um, but this is well, obviously, it's not as good as the last Spider Man film, but it's not. It's kind of like the the next best yeah. almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the only one that could maybe compete would be Black Panther. Um, Different film entirely, yeah, though. That's no, the no, thing. Because, but again, I came out of Black Panther thinking it's it's okay, but it's not great. Yeah, and I think we've been spoiled. We've been spoiled with some great Marvel films over the year. And if you think about how long the Marvel films have been running for, during that time they put out some great films, and then yeah. they put out some good films, and yeah, they put out some trash. Yeah, and it seems like that we're in a kind of just kind of mid to average kind of level at the moment and it might take an Avengers film it might take us back up to the top yeah I'm hoping something does kind of trigger it I'm, I'm like I can say I, I I'm at a point now where the the bar for watching more superior films in fairness now is that the, the, it's quite low so if anything is a you know he's above average or at best you yeah. know what I mean I'm a little bit like oh that's actually surprised me <laughs> yeah I'm sure it will show it uh, in your in your review of it when it when it comes out as well because <laughs> yeah. obviously I think that reviewing something like Infinity War when it first came out like there was so much going on and it was so big and there was so much hype but it delivered but I think that with now there's so much hype about everything Marvel does but they just not maybe delivering to the extent that we're used to that's a good point man it's a very good point um I think yeah it's it's one of those like I said listeners I think that people aren't going to come away from this thinking that was an absolute waste of time I think they're going to come away and they're going to have had a, a good blast with it at most part I think that there's some good ideas in there, like I said, that, that it is quite beautiful to look at in terms of the quantum realm. And it did feel like a new world completely. I don't know, there's a few things in there, like I said, I, I think this isn't... It, it wasn't It wasn't the right film to bring Kang in, because at the end of the day, Ant-Man and his family have all been to the bloody quantum, quantum <laughs> yeah. realm. Yeah. If anyone can introduce Kang, who, who apparently has been stuck in there, yeah. it's going to be Ant-Man. But maybe they didn't have to do that, maybe they could have introduced Kang a different way. They, they could have, I mean, it's Kang. There's, there's so many different variations and stuff of him. Like He could have just showed up and tried to take over New York. Well, not maybe not New York, because that's been done. But, you know, just show up and try and take over somewhere, and it's like, oh my God, who's this guy? And then... We can't defeat him. Let's all get together and, you know, and get rid of him. Like, yeah. Good old-fashioned comic book film. Exactly that. Exactly that. So before we jump into spoilers, um, out of 10, I'm going to give it uh, six. Yeah, I would say six. That's probably a good shout. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go for six. I was hoping that the post credit scenes were going to be even better than they were and it was going to bunk it up to six and a half, but I'm not going to lie. 
the post credit scenes, which we'll obviously talk, probably talk a bit more about in a second. I, I just thought, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of just elaborating on what we've seen. Yeah, and being completely honest, I kind of had them both spoiled um, oh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. But I did it intentionally. No. Uh, no. Because I wasn't... Like like I said to you earlier, I'm not really that... In, in Not invest not invested is the wrong term, but I'm not as excited about a Marvel film as I was before. Because before, it was definitely something new, something exciting, um, something that, like I said, never seen before. And it's almost like nowadays, it's, it's kind of... You can kind of just cut and paste and yeah. work out what's going to happen. Yeah. I was I was surprised with a few things which I will will talk about in the um in the in the spoiler section but overall it was alright it was just one of them Listeners, we're going to jump into spoilers just for a quick minute or two. So if you've not seen the film, do not uh, proceed, basically. But do let me know when you have checked the film. I'd love to know your thoughts as well, what you'd give it out of 10. But here we go then, into spoilers from now on. Um, I guess let's start spoiler-wise. Let's, obviously, let's, let's talk about the main plot point. Though. Let's talk about Janet and Kang, really, and their you know worlds colliding, should we say. Because Janet, as we know, was locked into the quantum realm years ago. Kang obviously appears, which is when we first introduced to him in the film, and I really did enjoy these scenes between Michelle Pfeiffer and Jonathan Majors. Like they had a a real good friendship. It yeah. seemed like they were going to help each other escape the quantum realm, yeah. build rebuilding Kang's ship. Who was explained to her that he that I love that speech about that time is a is a cage. I think he said yeah, it was, and once you break out of it, it's not what it's not what it's it's not what it seems. It's not what you imagine it is, and it's almost like it is irrelevant. But the, yeah, the two of them together, I think, and up until it got to the point where. He was obviously playing a game. He just needed her to get out. Yeah. And he was being who he felt he needed to be. And then she kind of found out um, who he really was. Yeah. And then the moment she found out who he really was, then that was it, game over. She's like, I'm not helping this guy. I can't help this guy. I really love that about, about Janet's character as well. As I say, like the fact that she, she like like Kang says, I made you a promise. Yeah. It, it'd be so easy for her, for Janet as well to be like, you know what, he's not gonna he's yeah. not gonna kill me because I'm I'm one of his bezies now. Yeah, and she could have just gone along with the plan because her mission was to get back to her daughter. That was her her main focus, her main goal, a reason for for surviving almost. And she could have just gone with it, but once she realised the type of person he was, it's almost like she was instantly willing to sacrifice that for the greater good. What I was saying earlier as well about the introduction of him, this, this is this is pretty much our first real, this is our first yeah. introduction to him, but this yeah. is the first time we've seen him in his, in his full gear, this and that. I'm not taking anything away from this, because it is a, it, they're very good sequences, it's a very good, you know, it's a painful decision that Janet's got to make in the sense of destroying what she's just created to help him escape, mm-hmm. but therefore trapping herself. And I'm not taking anything away from that, I do think it's a great backstory for for Janet, and again, it's really good of how they introduced Kang that way. But I do wish it was Ant Man that got to like. Imagine if we didn't know that, and yeah. then we met him, and you were like, "Oh, I'm not sure about this guy." Yeah. And for the five years he was stuck in the quantum realm, whatever, he met Kang, and he was trying to get yeah. out. And then he, it could have worked just as well with with his character. Yeah. That is a very good point. Actually, I'd not even thought of that that kind of switch there. That could have been that. Why? Yeah, exactly. Then you've got a sole purpose for Kang. To be so, an Ant Man, exactly, and and to have beef with Ant Man. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this then. So, why didn't Janet? Yeah, no, I, I did get it right this time. Why yeah. didn't Janet just tell everyone when she got out? Thanks for rescuing me for the quantum realm. By the way, there's this seriously, seriously evil guy that's gonna destroy <laughs> destroy everything. Um, just like let's let's make sure we don't go back. 
Let's do yeah. what we can to never go back. And, and then you think about the, so so yeah, she she knew all of that, and then it's at the end of Ant Man and the Wasp they're meddling with quantum realm anyways, exactly. which is what Ant Man gets stuck in in the first place. Exactly. So why are you doing experiments to go in back for whatever purpose or whatever reason? You would be like, right, guys, this guy is called Kang. He's a big bad um, so and so, and yeah, let's never ever go back to the quantum realm, yeah. or at least let's like find out as much as we can about him to then be able to like counter him kind of thing without going back to the quantum realm. And to be fair, once she realized what the device that uh, was created was, was doing, she was like, right, switch it off, switch it off, switch it off. Like she was like adamant and her whole, her whole demeanor changed. And you could see when they was talking about the, the device being created, she was like, oh my God, they've created something that, oh my God, he's going to find out. Blah, 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 blah. And it kind of played out that way. Yeah. And I think that was good. But again, I think Michelle Pfeiffer was, was really good in it. Michelle Pfeiffer was solid. Like I, I, some of the some of the uh, actual like performances in this film, uh, scenes, I should say. Sorry, roll back the years for me massively. Like I really did en- enjoy it. And like you say, that that the fearfulness that she has of knowing what what Cassie's created again, pain in the ass, Cassie, what she's created with the with this device for the quantum realm. Like he, he does set in that 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 fear in that in that moment and all hell breaks loose from it. I mean, we do, like I say, get some absolutely wonderful set pieces whilst we're in the, the quantum realm. But I just, like I said, just, um, I don't know, like it all comes back to me is like, like you pointed out some good points there about how they could have done it with Kang and Ant-Man itself. Yeah. But was this the right film for Kang? You know what I mean? Like, I guess I, I've already, I don't want to keep repeating myself or anything with that, but I, I just have a, a hard time with that because Ant-Man is completely out of his league. Yeah, but I think that's probably why. I think they wanted to show that it's going to take more than, than Ant-Man and his friends yeah. to, to, to deal with this dude. Yeah. Um, and I think that I, I get why you're apprehensive or you, you, you're not too comfortable with him being introduced in this film, but it's almost like, where could they introduce him? Yeah. Um, I think they and with the whole phase four, five, six, whatever that's going on with Marvel, I think they had to introduce him sooner rather than later yeah. in a big way, so that when he does pop up in other places, it's almost like everyone's fearful of what's what's going to go down. Yeah. It's almost like set our expectations of how bad this dude is. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And like again, I don't want to. I'm not trying to put the character of Batman down or anything like that. I just. I think that yeah, he could he could have been done a, a but the thing is it's such a strange one for me because before I went before I saw this film, yeah. I was well up for Kang being in this film. Like yeah. I was really like yeah. Jonathan Majors looks sick. Everything I've heard about him in terms of uh, his performance as Kang is meant to be amazing. Mm-hmm. The posters are sick. Like I genuinely everything every piece of footage I saw him, I was like yeah this is this is going to be great. I think it's only because the film has so much in there. And like so much silliness, should we say, or like just some, as I already said, plot convenience or whatever, that I was just like, I don't know if this is, it's, there's ants, there's giant ants, there's these smart ants tackling Kang, they're they're pinning him down on the floor, like what is going on? Yeah, it's because of the quantum realm and the timey wimey stuff. So oh, the whatever. ants have lived the whole yeah. two civilizations or whatever, yeah, and they've exactly, created yeah. their own technology, and yeah, yeah. and now they're yeah they're the rescue ants. Yeah, let's shoehorn that in. God. <laughs> It's um, it, it, it's got positives and negatives, listeners. As I say, taking nothing away from Jonathan Majors because him and as as we've stated, Michelle Pfeiffer was they're absolutely yeah, incredible in this. Like the two standout things in the film were those yeah. two two character performances, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. And as I stated, I, I quite liked the the start of the. It's almost like the the issue, the thing with. So we start the film off with 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 Paul Rudd, Scott Lang, not really understanding what his daughter, who she is, or who she's becoming, or what she wants to be, what she's aspiring to be. And that doesn't feel resolved at all by the end of the film. No, it's not resolved. Um, and all of a sudden she's got a suit. like, And it's like, how 
how could all of that be going on? I suppose Scott Lang um, has been being rich, famous, writing his book, promoting his book. So maybe he's missing a lot of what's going on at home. So his daughter and him are, she used to idolise the, the guy. And obviously he literally was her hero because he saved her when she was a kid. So to see my hero, my dad, my Avenger dad, to my celebrity bit of a waste man just yeah. on TV and promoting your book dad, it's like, come on, mate. Yeah. It's it, it's a good shift in his character. Like, if anyone was going to do that, that would be something maybe like Paul Rudd. But the other thing that I was... I, Paul Rudd, uh, Scott Lang, sorry. Like, it's almost like... The other thing for me is is that none of his mates were in this film either. Did you notice that? Yeah, his entire crew that do heists and, and, yeah. and, and uh, save each other. Where is Honestly, it? honestly, talking about the Baba Yaga. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's... It's. Um, I found that quite uncomfortable. I was like, did he just make it big and just sack off his mates? Well, it's almost like that part of the of the ensemble film like was taken up by the rest of the cast. Yeah, like, so yeah. they had the the one liners and they had all the jokes yeah. and kind of stuff where that would have gone to his yeah, it would have gone to his crew before. That you're exactly right. They were the they were the comic relief at yeah. times when obviously we know that Paul Rudd's a, a funny guy as well and stuff, and he does get some great lines and such throughout the Ant Man films. But they were essentially what you'd go to for that comic relief. You didn't have to like sprinkle it into. Yeah, I, I know that again. It's weird saying this because Marvel has humor throughout, but like a lot of the jokes as you've stayed there went to you know uh, Hank Pym, went yeah. to Hope, went yeah. to Cassie or yeah. whoever. It just felt like they they'd had like jokes or even went to Modoc. Let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> Uh, we'll yeah. come to him in a second, but like, um, yeah, it just felt like they'd sprinkled everything they would have given to those characters to the to the other main cast of yeah. Quantumania. Do you know what? Speaking about Modoc, um, I was worried that he would ruin the film because, as you mentioned at the start, because I'm a comic book guy, I'm aware of Modoc. I have been aware of Modoc, but I've never really rated Mod- Modoc. Yeah. Like, it's never been a thing that made me think, "Oh my god, Modoc's on the next page. Let me turn over quickly." <laughs> Mod- Modoc's back. Quick Avengers get together. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. And it's kind of like it kind of played out that way in the film. Yeah. Um, and did he get a redemption story? Oh, I don't know. It was again. It's it's, it's jokes for the sake of jokes, wasn't it? Again, when yeah, he when he's when he got was, his redemption, it was more about just his name. Yeah, Darren. Yeah, I mean, in, I take it then in the comics, <laughs> Darren Cross is not Modoc. Darren Cross is certainly not Modoc in the comics. Yeah. yeah. So they've um, that, but again, that's typical Marvel films. Though they take a name yeah. or a character that comic fans know, and they kind of shoe shoehorn them into the film. Yeah. Um. And I thought that they didn't need to do that anymore, but it's it's clear that Marvel have a formula that's made them billions and billions of dollars, yeah. so they're just going to go with it. Yeah, and I, I didn't mind it being Darren Cross, if I'm being honest. It made sense after what happened, but as you say, we didn't even need MODOK. No, it was not un- completely unnecessary. He didn't add anything. Um, hit MODOK, the character not being in it, wouldn't have taken away anything from the film. Yeah. It was just him chasing after Cassie all the time. Yeah, and like I said, just stupid one-liners and people yeah. like saying his name. And him saying, I'm a dick, basically, yeah. which at the end was like... I'd, there's loads of people online that are saying how terrible the CGI looks, he looked really goofy, but let's be honest, Modoc, that how are you going to make that face not look stupid? And I, I think that they've tried to stretch it in a way that kind of resembles, you know, like the idea of him being thrown through time almost yeah. through the, to the quantum realms. His face is going to look jarring, I guess. Yeah. And I, I thought that the the actual metal face thing that he had it looked quite you know resemblance of the comics and such. But like you say, never really like a an absolute 
terrifying character to 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 come against really in the in in well you tell me in the comic world um i mean he has his moments um he's not not the biggest fan of spider-man i'll tell you that much um <laughs> but you know like it, they could have introduced him in another way in another film that would have worked better yeah he's done now so move on to the next and again wasted opportunity a massive waste opportunity especially when you say we've still got spider-man in the in the universe and such it's just um it does feel like they they the writers and such they had some good ideas and good concepts but they crammed as much as they possibly could into this one um at times it worked at times it just fell quite short i felt yeah and again that's just marvel where we are with at the moment with marvel films um it's, you get some some bits are going to miss some bits are going to hit um there's going to be some good characters and then others that aren't really necessary um some good performances and then others that could have been better but you know it's just like i said it's just kind of where we are at the moment so if anything to take away from this listeners is that ant-man and quantumania is is all right it's pretty average six out of ten the main two actual superstars of this film are easily jonathan majors and michelle pfeiffer go in and have a blast with them because they were really really excellent but overall i i it's weird because I, I I would say that I was excited. I was excited to check it out, but I should maybe remember that I'm going to watch Marvel films now and maybe just bring that excitement a little bit down a little bit. And that's the thing. If you go into a Marvel films now, I think thinking that it's going to be okay, it's going to be entertaining at least, it's maybe not going to be great, and then see what happens. Yeah. I agree with that sentiment, mate. Have you got any final thoughts on that, man, Quantumania? I think, I mean, I'm not saying the people should rush out and go and see it, but I'm saying that, check it out like if you've got if you've got some spare time check it out it's it's entertaining it'll, it'll put a smile on your face it'll it'll um it'll it'll move you back into favor of marvel films but it's not the best one i agree i think that it's a good way to kick off phase five it, we've got kang involved again i like this kind of shifting we're not just going to dump him in an avengers film and he's the new big bad it's going to be a building story for him like world building expanding on him different variances and that jonathan may just clearly is an absolute superstar his name is everywhere at the moment he is absolutely incredible as kang i, I can't wait to see more variants of him as we've got the post credit scenes where we've got hints at loki season two obviously with yeah. with loki seeing the very what could be the very first Kang variant that's yeah. gone back in time, obviously, to when he was meddling with time and decided to do all his his, his antics. Um, and then we had the first post credit scene with the entirety of all the different variants of Kang, which looked yeah. just I was like bewildered. If I'm being honest, there's so many of them. Yeah. It is exciting to see what's going to happen with him. He's an absolute superstar. I can't wait to see what happens with Kang and the rest of the Avengers. But overall, as I say, it's probably my least favorite Ant Man film. I think it's for me is better than Ant Man Two. Yeah, I think it's better than Ant-Man 2, but it's not better than Ant-Man 1, which was a surprise sleeper hit anyway. So. Yeah. Could maybe after maybe another watch. And the thing is, is that the thing that would tip me into saying it's better than the second one is Jonathan Majors. Yeah, definitely. I think I think you're exactly right at that. I think if it, if this was another Marvel film with a kind of weak or average villain, then I would probably down tools and be like, I'm out, I'm done. Yeah. But I think that this kind of gives me faith that Marvel still have it in them to do something good. And then obviously we've got to wait for all, everything that's coming up in the future. The X-Men are coming back and hopefully they'll do them properly mm-hmm. this time because don't get me started on the X-Men. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that is a podcast actually. <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, thanks for having me on this. Like I said, it's been a long time coming. I really enjoyed it. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, we'll definitely sort out more stuff as well. It's been great to have you on talking about uh, Ant-Man and, and Marvel and such. We've touched upon many things there. And again, listeners, thank you so much for listening and all your support. Don't forget to jump onto the socials. Give us a like and a follow. Subscribe, all that jazz. You know what to do. But as always, thank you so much for your support. Until the next episode, take care.